0: Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Caden. Always good to get Caden back here. Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? Good. We're awake in the house of the Lord. Yes. The end draweth nigh. I wanted to let you know that we have a couple of quick announcements before uh, Bill finishes up the Advent with peace today. Is that uh, we have special music planned for Christmas Eve And with Christmas Eve only being on Saturday at 4.30, just want to make sure you it's possible it could be a little busy. So you guys may want to get here uh, and do what you can, because I'm hearing a lot of people saying we're looking forward to the Christmas Eve service. And then on Sunday, it seems like not everyone's still kind of back in it yet. So it could be a little bit busy. So just a little heads up with that. Excited about it nonetheless. And then we're going to come back on January, that first Sunday in January. And I've also been told that since that's uh, New Year's, That there won't be a lot of people here? Well, that's going to be unfortunate because it's really going to be for you, the main body of the church. We're going to be going over the church budget. It's going to be our year-end meeting, so it's going to be the church budget, the church elders, the introduction of all the church elders, the church staff. And we're also going to be talking about, once again, what our purpose is as a church and where we're heading as a church. So that first Sunday in January is going to be really important. Um, If we get some people that come from the Christmas Eve service, we'll just let them listen to the message and we'll disperse them before we get to all the business side of all that. But we do have business to conduct and we want you to be part of that. So that's also going to be happening that first Sunday. And then the second Sunday, which I think is the 8th, we will begin the new book study in Nehemiah. And we're really excited about Nehemiah because we're hopeful now with all the kind of health and everything kind of behind us. Well, it doesn't seem like it's super behind us right this minute, but it's still kind of with us. But hopefully in January on the 8th, that second Sunday, we can start the new book study. And uh, believe it or not, Nehemiah will literally run us almost all the way to Easter. So with all that stuff going on, I just wanted to give you a heads up so that you know. If you have any questions about what's happening in the church or whatever, uh, I'll be on the back today for prayer or whatever as well. But let me just pray with you right now as Bill gets ready to come up and share the final week of Advent peace. Father God, first and foremost, we just thank you once again to have the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. As I struggled to get across the street this morning and continue to just pray, Father, I pray that you would just do your thing in this house this morning father if there's someone that's uh, struggling maybe somebody watching online this morning and they're and they're really hopeful that what bill has to say this morning is going to just communicate the full peace that comes from knowing god father i just pray this morning that you would speak mightily to your people we have all kinds of different concerns we're hearing all kinds of different voices and i think like elijah father we need to find that cave and find that still quiet place in our heart right now and just let you speak truth father the, the reason for the season is not just a single event and i would pray father that you would just remind us that the the true blessing of being a follower of christ is every day father be with the message this morning be with anyone here whose trouble and whose heart is kind of broken father may you comfort them in such a way that makes pure and sense only to you a divine love above father we do it on the precious name above all names your son jesus christ amen 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 thank you jeff
1: it's an interesting time of year because right now we, we get to celebrate something that sometimes the world doesn't understand. In the season of Advent, as the church talks about that, those who, we have a lot of, of people today and those who were not raised in the church have a hard time understanding what Advent is. Advent is basically, it's we're gonna finish this week. As, as Pastor Jeff said, this week is peace. But as we finish this week, the season of Advent, um, I've received got a few emails from people asking me to do a short recap. So we're going to go through just each one real quick. It'll be a, an easy, quick, short time. And the Advent season is a special time of year that sometimes gets lost in all the bright lights of Christmas season that proceeds. I'm not going to talk about the Christmas food because that would get me in trouble. So the first day of Advent is the first day of the traditional church calendar for the season of advent and it begins the four week preparation for the nativity of Jesus Christ at christmas time because a lot of times in the world we see all of the bright lights of christmas trees the, the everybody running around to buy the toys and the busy schedules all of those things you've got going on are great and we understand why because you want to tell your loved ones how special they are to you and i get that many times what we don't have is people who understand the real reason for the season. And that's where we are today. We're going to talk about a little bit more, just bringing up the fact that this week of peace ends a very important four-week season before the birth of Jesus Christ. So the Advent season invites us in to step away from all of the frenzied time of the parties, the shopping, and all the holiday noise to remember the real reason for this season. And that's as we remember to commemorate the birth of Jesus. So each week of Advent, you'll see that we light candles. And as we light the candles, each candle represents a different season, a different week for the season of Advent. And I've asked um, my grandchildren, Sophie and Dylan, come on up. They're going to help us a little bit to understand a little bit of what's going on during the Advent season. So they'll be reading for us and then lighting at the same time. And... um, so, yeah, you're, you're on. Go ahead, buddy. Why don't you guys start? Sophia, if you want to light that first candle, and Dylan, explain it.
2: The first candle, which is the color purple, symbolizes hope. It is sometimes called the prophecy candle in remembrance of the prophets, especially Isaiah, who foretold the birth of Christ. It represents the expectation felt in the anticipation of the coming Messiah.
1: Very good. And then the second candle?
0: The second candle, also purple, represents faith. It is called the Bethlehem candle, as a reminder of Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem.
1: Very good, and then the third one? The third pink candle
2: symbolizes joy. It is called the shepherd's candle, and is pink because rose is a liturgical color for joy. The third Sunday of Advent is a Godhead Sunday and is meant to remind us of the joy that the world experienced at the birth of Jesus, as well as the joy that the faithful have reached the midpoint of Advent.
0: On the fourth week of Advent, we light the final purple candle to mark the final week of prayer and repentance. As we wait for the birth of our Savior, this final candle, the angel's candle, symbolizes peace. It reminds us of the message of the angel's peace on earth, goodwill toward man.
1: Excellent. Good job, guys. Thank you. <laughs> so as we, as we talk about each one of those messages, it's interesting to get to the point of as each week is celebrated, we go back and we look first at the prophets, at the stories, at the joy, at the announcement, and then we come finally to the last week of peace. And it comes down to that one phrase that came from the angels to the shepherds on that day. Now just imagine, you're in the middle of the night as you have been most of your life. Some of these shepherds, the oldest shepherds are 10, 11, and 12 years old. Some of the younger ones are, are as small as four and five. But they come out, and their job solely is to watch the sheep at night. Now that means that they have to watch them for predators, uh, lion, you know, whatever animals are out there trying to eat their sheep, mostly the fox of the day. But... Their job is to protect those sheep. <clears throat> now, as Pastor Rod talked about last week, shepherds are considered probably the lowliest of characters. I mean, when you have a, a, young, per, a young man in your life that does, you really want to make him work and learn and understand what it means to do hard work, you put him in the fields with the shepherds. They, were always, they always smelled like sheep. They were always dirty. They were always running around. And we never, ever considered them a pillar of the community at that age. But the interesting thing is almost every boy of of the time had to start in the fields. And you had to start in the fields because you had to understand what it meant to take care of the sheep. Now the interesting um, analogy comes along with taking care of the sheep is just like as you get older and you take care of your family. You take care of your friends. You take care of some of those you don't even know. Sometimes they did not know all hundred or whatever sheep that they had, but they still had a responsibility to take care of each one of those sheep. So as we look at the four weeks of Advent, we're going to go back. I wanted to just understand some of the scriptures that were related to this week. For instance, the first one for, from Isaiah 9:6, it says, For unto us a child is born. And then it says, at the end of that scripture, it says, he shall be called the prince of peace. That word peace, shalom, in the Hebrew language, Irene in the Greek, those two words to them meant a almost absence of any conflict inside of them. So it meant that if you had, were a person of peace, or if you had peace, you had no conflict inside you. That meant that you had no conflict in you from others, As well as no conflict toward others. Which sometimes is a very hard thing to do, isn't it? Especially in certain circumstances. Then in Psalms 29.11, David says, The Lord blesses his people with peace. Again, with shalom. It comes from God. If you want to experience true peace, it does. It comes from God. And then a couple in the New Testament I'd like to share. Colossians 3.15. Paul tells them, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since members of one body, you were called to peace. Paul lets us all know that when you become part of God's family, you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're now in his heavenly kingdom family. Now, all of a sudden, you are called to a life of peace. Everybody believes that that means, well, I don't know that everybody believes that. I guess that's a general statement. Many people might believe, let's put it that way, to say, okay, if it says that I'm called to peace, that means that I'm called to peace from others, that I should have peace within me, that I shouldn't be anxious, nervous, scared. I shouldn't have any anxiety within me. Not what it's talking about. Because the whole word there for Irene has a whole different meaning, which we're going to discuss in just a minute. Because as being ones who are called to peace, it means that we are not just called to receive peace and understand peace and, and accept peace, but we're also to give peace. We're also to have pe- be people of peaceful hearts towards others. Many times we forget that Bill has a hard time with that when he's driving down the freeway and certain individuals decide they want to be in my spot where I am now and I sometimes say things that aren't pleasing and peaceful like somebody needs to just you know have a flat tire or something just general you know but we all experience those moments don't we and then on the other side we experience the moments of anxiety. You see Jesus never promised that once we came into his family, that our peace was going to be constant inside all the time, that we were never going to have fear. We were never going to have anxiety. We were never that. Have... He said, He said many times, he says, get ready. They're going to come after you because as the world hated me, they're going to hate you too. And Jesus is trying to explain to us that even though we have that peace within us and that peace that we want to show to others, that peace still can involve... Feelings, real ones, you're still humans, but you're people of peace through the love of Jesus Christ. Now, then we come to the message of the angels to the shepherds. Remember, Malachi was the last, as, as he finishes his last message in the Old Testament, he's telling everybody, get ready for a Messiah is coming. He's trying to say, soon a Messiah is coming to you. And as Malachi says these words, everybody's thinking, oh, good, next week the Messiah is coming. Well, it wasn't next week. It was like 300 years in between. Well, there's there's some debate whether it's 200 or 300 years. But it's still a long time for the Messiah. So a few generations have gone by not understanding when is the Messiah coming. So by the time this message comes from the angels to the shepherds, Nobody really is expecting it. Although the Lord himself, God himself requests and would love for us to always be expecting the return of Jesus even today. And yet how many times do all of us say, well if God came today would I be ready? Almost. Almost. <laughs> See, I have to be honest because of the occupation that I hold, so I can't tell you, oh, yes, I'm always ready. There, there's, there's just a time when the, it has to be a cognitive thought to continuously believe that, yes, Jesus could come at any moment. Please, the Lord Jesus, come, come at any time. But as the angels are in the fields, they're just hanging out. Probably, you know, got a blade of grass in their mouth, just hanging out, telling stories and making up, you know, young boys making up stories about things they did during the last week that were probably all lies. But they just, that's what they do. They're just laying in the sheep, watching the sheep. Yeah, the sheep are all good. We're all good. You know, somebody can sleep. Somebody can't sleep. Somebody has to stay awake and watch. Then all of a sudden, a light, brighter than the sun, comes around them. And as they look around trying to figure out, remember in those days they didn't have helicopters with big shining spotlights. When they saw this light, it was very concerning. They got scared. And I love, don't you love how the angels say, Oh, be not afraid. So, a heavenly being is standing before me with the brightest light of anything I've ever seen, more powerful than anything I've ever seen. And he says, Be not afraid. I'm sorry if you do this to me, I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to fall down. I'm going to be spread out. I'm going to be down here on my knees going, Okay, wait, I don't know what's happening here. Are we going to die? Did the world just end? We don't know what's going to happen here. And then at the same time, as the angels are sitting there, the angels just say, hey, guys, relax, hold on, just don't move. It's all good. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now, that's what it says in the New American Standard version of our Bible. Most Bibles say that. This week, as I was looking at this phrase, I thought, you know, as I look at that phrase, I said, I wonder how many Bibles have it that way. And most, 99% of our English Bibles have it this way. There was only one English Bible written since 1900 that has it a different way. And it's John Wycliffe, the great Bible translator. He's the one that has it a little bit differently, and I'm going to share that with you in just a minute. You thought I was going to tell you right now, but I'll tell you in a second. So as we began to look at the translation notes in the original language, because I like to do this a lot, I found something incredibly interesting and I love studying the word of God. It is so exciting to get into some of this research. One of the things that got me in trouble in seminary was the fact that when I would write my papers on research and stuff, especially when you get your graduate degrees and stuff like that, you start writing a lot of papers. That's all you ever do in graduate degrees is write. But I did it and, and as I did that, I started to get really hung up and loved the research part of this. Because you get to go back and you get to see some very fun facts and stuff that's in there that sometimes our English language can't relate to us. It's not that it's wrong. Please don't ever think that I tell you that the Bible that you have is wrong. That is not true. The Bible that you all have in your hands is the one that God wanted you to have so the message would be clear for you. Amen? Okay. Amen? amen thank you okay i'm just making sure so as we get down to this we start to understand and know that there's a really cool message inside this passage one of the funnest things to do is to go back and look at this so i just wanted to throw up the next slide for you because you're going to be really excited to see that isn't that cool can you read that for me there's <laughs> please nobody say it's all greek to me don't do that Peace among men with whom he is pleased. That's what our English Bible say, which is correct for the most part. That is the end message of this passage. But irene in Anthropos Eurokia. That's that middle part. Irene in Anthropos eurochia. But you already knew that. So the part about this is, is that it comes out as peace to all mankind of good thought toward others. Isn't that cool? See, God, God is... That, that's the good part about it, is when you think about the peace to all mankind, he's, he's saying when it says peace to all men, I would have loved it if in the, in the English Bible they would have said peace to all man, you know, with whom God, is, he is pleased. Because if we get to the point of understanding that when God was, when it, many times when it says men in the Bible, he's talking to all of humankind. So ladies, that does not get you out of the pictures, good try. Some of you say, see, that's just for my husband. That's not for me. No, sorry, it doesn't work that way. And we get to the point of of understanding the scriptures where peace of all humankind of good thoughts towards others. Wow, good thought towards others. Do I always have good thoughts towards others? Don't ask questions I don't want to answer. Because we get to a point in our lives when the drudgery of working every day, just struggling, trying to make the bills, trying to make things happen from day to day. Here's where God is telling us that it's in your struggle, as I watch you struggle and I watch you work hard and I watch you fall down on your knees and I watch you get back up, it's the getting back up part that makes God smile. God knows that you're struggling. God knows that you're hurting. God knows that there are times when you're just weary of the battle of the day. He sees it. He hears your prayers. He watches you fight. He watches you stand up. And just like he said in, in the third chapter of Job in the Old Testament, when he looked towards Satan and he said, you know, if you noticed my servant Job, how upright he is? And then Job gets wiped out He comes back and Job's words are, I came into this world with nothing and I can go out with nothing. And as he fought back and as he stood up and as he was tired and and sores and, and everything all over him, he stood up. And the first thing he did was start to praise God. When his friends, his wife and all of those people stood against him, he still had shalom towards those around him. He was still one of those people that had God's light so deep in his life that people around him could see that he was truly a man of God. He was a human kind of God. There are many of you that I know in this congregation over the past four or five weeks have helped me pull off some amazing things. And if it wasn't for all of you, it wouldn't have happened. Yes, we did feed 1,000 families at Thanksgiving. Yes, we're going to feed 700 families next week for Christmas. We've got about 1,000 toys we're going to be giving out to kids this week. All of that stuff is amazing, but it wasn't because of me. It was because of the light of Christ in all of those volunteers every one of them are blessing people they don't even know to have peace towards others irene that's inside of you and you just got to let you you have to let the person in the mirror know see we have to tell the person in the mirror sometimes you are a person you are irene you have peace and you could just look at that bill pastor bill says i have irene so just get off my face because sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. Come on, fess up, people. You know that's true? Yeah, okay, I thought so. And we get to the point where we don't know if we like what we see. And the great part is, I hope that you know, is that God loves what he sees. He loves what he sees because you are the ones fighting every day to keep his name alive. You are the ones fighting every day with the Irene inside you that's going to be towards others. We know that this time of year is the time of year when people start to look at the, the reason for the season. They start to look at why we do this. Oh, we do it because of the Christmas trees are pretty. no. We do it because a God who loves us so much sent his only son to die on the cross for us so that we could spend eternity with him in heaven. That little baby that we all see and love in that major is the same one that walked that road to Golgotha carrying that cross bleeding and stood up there and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the reason we celebrate Christmas. Amen? Amen. Because when we get to the point of Knowing this, understanding it, and living it, pretty soon our light so shines before men, as Jesus asks us to be. When our light so shines before men, it gets to the point where that our neighbors start to notice, how can you be at peace during this crazy time? I see your family struggling going through this, but you're not showing a super crazy happiness and happy over struggling, but at the same time, you don't have a deep depression. You don't have this, you don't you're starting to show that there's a light inside you that's different than others. They may walk up to you and ask you, you know. There are times when people will walk up to you and say, how can you be like this at a time like this? And we all have the same answer. Well, that's because of the God that I serve fills my heart with a joy. It's not a silly happiness of just being happy and crazy all the time, but it is a joyful, an inner joy that is so strong and, and so deep that I can't help but know that my God watches over me and he will take care of me. There's never going to be a time that you can walk away from God. I love the fact that my friends in high school used to say, I used to walk around and go in, in our youth group, that one guy, his, his, he, I'm not, never mind his name, he almost said his name, but he would say, oh, I just asked Jesus to wait around the corner while I go to this party. <laughs> you, you do, You do know that... <laughs> Jesus doesn't wait around any corners. He just kind of says, okay, and then walks right behind you anyways. So it's like, okay, Jesus, wait right here. Wait, no, wait. Let's wait right here. Okay, wait. Are you going to wait right there? And he says, I can't. I can't let you go do this without me. So understand, family, if you want to be a person of Irene, if you want to have that peace, that passes all understanding. If you want to have that peace towards others that he's talking about, all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say yes. And then once you do say yes, then you just read. His word, his Bible, that word of God that you have, if you don't have one, there's, there's Bibles here in the, church, in the seats. Please take them with you. But read. If you need things to read, go to PastorAtLighthouse.com ask us what you would need to read and Pastor Jeff or myself will answer that and we'll give you a list. You'll have plenty of things to read. Because at no time will the God of heaven ever take that peace or remove himself so the peace goes away. Please understand that the reason for this season is so that that little baby in the manger could take that walk up that cross, up with that cross, up that road so that he could give his life so that you alone could spend eternity with him in heaven. And even, that would happen even if you were the only person on this earth. It would be so that you would be the one that Jesus would go to the cross for. Don't be afraid to be a person of peace. Some will look at me and say, well, Bill, it's basically the same thing. And I almost agree. You can put that slide back up. But it doesn't take away anything from the peace to all humankind of good thought toward others. It doesn't take anything away from the phrase with whom God is well pleased. It completes it. And attaches a small portion of responsibility on all of us who believe. By all means, it's not salvation related. Please understand that. But it gives a reason to us for us to understand that God himself is always being pleased with us. The next slide. You see, when mankind has a heart of peace towards others... God is well pleased, and that's where that is where our our English Bible guys got to. When they did this, they had to make it so that it was the easiest thought for us to understand in our Western language. So yes, when it says "blessed is the in whom God is well pleased," right here, when God has when mankind has a heart of peace towards others, God is well pleased, and that's how they came to giving us that phrase in our Bibles. So it's all the same, it's all the same. So what I have for you today is a very small, final, easy question. Do you have a heart of peace towards others? I was gonna get really in your business and say, you know, are there others that you can think of that you need to make peace with, but I decided not to do that. Because we get to a point in our human existence To where that the world begins to pressure, push, and, and drive us to the point of having anger, bitterness, whatever, towards others in such a manner that we forget that we are people of peace. And it's not easy to admit, is it? It's not an easy thing to say, yeah, today I wasn't a person of peace. But if you're going to write anything down, please write this down. My God always allows U-turns. You can always come back to him. You can always come back to him for forgiveness. You can always come back to him for grace. You can always come back to him for strength to say, my God allows U-turns. I get to come back to him and say, Father, forgive me. I did it, let's go on, and he says, okay, let's get up, we got work to do, and we, let's get going. Because the Bible does tell us that as a person of peace he forgives us, as far as the east is from the west, our sins get thrown away. They get tossed. And I'm very glad that is right not north to south, because remember, going north to south, eventually, once you're going south, eventually you start going north. But from east to west, it goes this way, and it never, it never ends. The circle is always, you're always trying to go one way. That's the reason it's from the east, is to the west. That means that your sins can never not be forgiven. There's always forgiveness for those who go into his presence and ask for it. And I'm very personally, I'm very grateful for that alone, for that. So that final question then, do you have peace towards others? Kate, now I'm going to ask you to come on back up because I would like us to just take a minute as we look at this are there others that we need to make peace with are there others are there moments in our lives when i have to make peace with myself and forgive me who's the hardest person to forgive in your life <laughs> it's exactly right it's it's myself but I would love for you this morning to go home after you get done here and going out to lunch, whatever, get home, get yourself, go in the restroom, look into your mirror by yourself when nobody else is around, make sure nobody can hear and just say, hey, give me a break. <laughs> well, evidently some of you need to do that because I just heard some giggling because we don't give ourselves a break. If you wanna be a person of peace, do you have that peace? If you don't, make yourself, give yourself a break. That even confused me. When we get to the point of understanding how to accept peace, then we can give peace. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank you. I'm glad you are awake. So as Caitlin plays a little bit, I would like for you to just close your eyes and bow your heads with me. as we pray together. Heavenly Father, it's, it's difficult to forgive me. So Lord, I'm asking now that as we, we sit here together with our heads bowed, and Lord, we're just asking you to help us. Give us the strength to be People, mankind of peace within ourselves. Father, let us start within ourselves that we could have peace and receive your peace. That irony, that that shalom, that peace that passes all understanding because it's the one thing that with that, whatever else is going around us doesn't matter. Father, then we would ask also that if there are those around us that need to feel, experience the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Let us not be blinded to that. Help us to see them. Help us to know them. Help us to to help them receive that peace. God, we trust in you more than anything. We are so grateful for the gift of your son. We are so thankful that as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, and we will not forget the reason for the season. But more than that, oh God, we want to share that light with others. So may we exude that peace. May we be able to give the peace that passes all understanding so that others will take notice, receive, hear us, and come to you, oh God. Father if there's anybody here this morning who does not know the peace that passes all understanding may they not leave this place without finding life in in your son Jesus God may we experience the salvation and the joy that comes with eternal life in Jesus Christ through the acceptance of your son as our savior and Lord may we stand in your presence O God on that day And hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy. Oh, how we look forward to that day, oh God. May you fill this place with your peace. May you help us to hear and see and know you even better every single day. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.
2: Let's stand and sing together. Right.
1: Thank you Jesus Katie thank you very much for being with us it's yeah it's okay we can tell them thank you it was an honor to be with you and share with you this morning remember next Saturday services at 430 okay so we'll see you all here on Christmas Eve 430 p.m. we got some very special things going on during the service pastor Jeff will be bringing the message God bless you all may you have a blessed week Be careful and remember, let's be people of peace both inside and out. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.